Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Christy M. and Robin W., the newest members of the Modern Manager community. I hope you're finding the episode guides and guest bonuses helpful on your Rockstar Manager journey. I am super excited to announce the launch of the Modern Manager Swag Store. You can now purchase Modern Manager t-shirts, coffee mugs, hoodies, and other fun stuff to show off that you are a Modern Manager. From now until August 1st, 100% of proceeds on gear will be donated to Know Your Rights Camp COVID-19 Fund to help address the needs of Black and Brown communities disproportionately affected by the coronavirus. And to celebrate this launch, you can use code LAUNCH10, that's launch one zero to get 10% off your entire order. Just note that does not include episode guides, it is just the Modern Manager gear. Now, if you're a member of the Modern Manager community, like Robert and Christy are, you get 20% off all gear. So to get that 20% discount code, you can go to the member area and click on member bonuses. It's also posted in the Slack community and it's in your inbox. To check out the gear and shop the store, go to themodernmanager.co slash shop. And to get that extra 10% discount, so you get 20% off, along with all the other member bonuses, you can register at themodernmanager.co slash join. I know that was a lot of information, so check the show notes for all the details. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you can check your inbox. Now, today's episode is about cognitive biases. Cognitive biases are the systematic ways in which the context and framing of information influences our judgment and decision-making. Or in other words, it's how our brain makes systematic errors in our thinking because it's relying on shortcuts, which may not be logical as we're processing and interpreting information. The concept was first introduced in 1972 by researchers Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman. And since then, there has been lots and lots of additional research and discovery about cognitive biases. I'm not going to go into the various forms and all the places that they play out. Instead, I just want to talk about a few that often show up for managers that can really inhibit us from being our best selves and creating the optimal environment for our team. And of course, we will talk about what to do to minimize making poor judgments or having unhelpful behaviors that are based on cognitive biases. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. We are going to jump right in to cognitive bias number one, the actor-observer bias. This is one of the attributional biases, which impacts how we perceive and interact with other people. This actor-observer bias says that when something negative happens to me, I blame the situation or circumstances. But when that same negative thing happens to someone else, I blame the person, or I attribute it to them, their choices, behaviors, values, or personality. For example, if I screw up a big presentation, it's because my manager wasn't able to help me prepare, or the client contradicted their previous statements, so the direction I proposed no longer made sense. Or even Corey from marketing didn't get me the information until the last minute, so I just didn't have time. The reasons are focused on other people or external context, things that are out of my control. Yet, if I'm watching one of my teammates fail that same presentation, if I'm letting the actor-observer bias do the talking, what is likely running through my mind is, oh, this is terrible. How could she not care enough to prepare properly? Or, he knew this was a big deal. Anyone with half a brain would have double-checked all that information before sharing it. 
In these cases, the fault belongs to the individual. She didn't care. He's an idiot. The person is to be blamed regardless of the context. You might be able to see where I'm going with this. As a manager, it's easy to see how we might misattribute negative emotions and qualities to a team member who's struggling, seeing them as a bad apple, rather than considering what the context is that is encouraging or forcing them to behave that way. Or even if it's not a systemic issue, we may be disappointed in someone rather than take the time to figure out what's going on so that we can potentially fix it for the future. We just assume that they screwed up or that they are a screw up. To combat this, it's important that before jumping to conclusions, we check in with the person. Hey Jess, that presentation didn't go so well. You usually do such a great job. Tell me what's going on with this one. Or, Bill, I've asked you a dozen times for the newsletter to go out by noon on Mondays, but it's late again this week. Help me understand what's keeping you from getting it out on schedule. This line of inquiry helps us gather more information so we can have a more informed understanding of the struggle and the person. In some cases, you may discover a context or situation or external event that was the main contributing factor. And when you do, maybe you can even do something about that. Like with the late newsletter, maybe it's that Bill spends all morning following up with people to get their information, which just takes too much time. In that case, a simple shift to gathering information on Friday might be all that's needed. You may also discover that there is just a difference of understanding of what's important. Using that same example, maybe Bill just doesn't care if the newsletter goes out at noon or at 2 p.m. He doesn't understand why it matters, in which case you can either share the reasoning or adjust the deadline. The other side of the actor-observer bias is that we think we did everything right and any mistakes or failures aren't on us. And that is equally problematic for a manager. It's so important to recognize when we have played a role that has caused issues and take ownership over our own unhelpful actions. To help myself do this, I pretend like I'm outside watching a scene unfold. Basically, remove yourself from being the actor and put yourself into that observer role. If you saw another manager act that way, what would you think? If you were listening to someone else's story about the situation, how would you analyze that person's choices or actions? This can help you understand how others might interpret your behavior and help you see the situation and your own role within it with more clarity. Next is cognitive bias number two, the recency effect. This cognitive bias says that we tend to remember the most recent information or overweight that information. This is really important, especially when it comes to giving feedback and performance reviews and investing in growing and developing our team members. One of the major faults of annual performance reviews is that no one can actually remember what happened last week, let alone 12 months ago. Plus, whatever happened last week is so fresh in our minds that even if we do have some scribbled notes from a year ago, last week's behavior will just seem so much more important than anything else. This makes it difficult to give useful feedback both praise and criticism, when you're looking at trend lines over time because we're clouded by whatever has just happened. For example, if a team member of mine is working on developing her business writing, it's great to pull her aside in real time to share some praise on what was working or give specific feedback on what needs improvement. But when I try to gauge whether or not she's making an overall improvement, I need to look back over a month or two to see if her writing has changed. If her last writing wasn't good, I'll be more likely to think that she hasn't grown than if her latest piece was strong. The way I like to think about recency effect is that whatever is going on is just one piece of data in time. And it's my job, whether I'm thinking about performance reviews or one-on-ones or making a decision, to look for multiple sources of information and to look at that data over time. So with this team member example, if we've determined that improving her business writing is a critical development goal, 
Maybe I keep a spreadsheet and every time I review a piece, I rank it on a scale of one to seven on three different factors. Then after a month or two, I can look at the spreadsheet and see how the numbers have moved or not. Or maybe I have each of my team members do a weekly reflection. I ask them to write down one thing they did really well that they're proud of and one thing that they would like to get better at or are struggling with. I can then use this information in real time, but also have it as a record to inform our future one-on-one conversations. With this kind of consistent tracking, I can quickly see positives and look for trends with struggles, minimizing the chances that whatever I noticed yesterday will become the focus of our discussion. The third cognitive bias is the negativity bias. This says we tend to register negative content more easily than positive content, and we tend to dwell on the negative more than the positive. In other words, we see negatives more readily and we spend more time thinking about them. And it also means that we feel worse about criticism than we feel good about praise. If you've heard me talk about appreciation in previous episodes, this is in part why I think it's so important. As humans, we are very good at seeing what's wrong. We notice mistakes and problems and issues, but we don't always notice when things are good and working well. Researchers say this stems from our ancient need to survive. We needed to notice danger more than we needed to notice general safety. So now our brain expects things to be good, and when things are working well, there isn't any action needed from us, so we ignore it. But regardless, as managers, that means that we will likely see all the downsides more than we see all the positives, which impacts our mood and our relationships. And maybe we even end up giving more critical feedback than praise. This means that we need to put in actual effort to see what is good where people are trying hard, where things are working well, and share praise and gratitude and appreciation regularly. To help do this, you can start a daily gratitude practice. I try to think of one thing I'm grateful for each morning when I first get my coffee. It only takes about 10 seconds, I don't write it down, but it just helps me start my day on a positive note. And research has shown that when you incorporate a regular gratitude practice, it helps you feel better and become more grateful overall. You could also create a recurring task or a calendar event to remind yourself to show appreciation to one or two team members each week. And this will help cultivate a habit of looking for and pointing out positives. Celebrating as a team is also really important. We tend to remember negative things more than positives. So pausing to make a moment special will help everyone on the team feel good about what they've accomplished and anchor it in their minds for the long run, which will have that positive halo effect. Lastly, when you catch yourself or someone else seeing only the problems, pointing out all the flaws, take a moment and just identify anything good, as this will help balance your perspective. The last cognitive bias isn't exactly a bias, but more of a cognitive state that impacts how we think and act, and that is cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the mental conflict of holding two conflicting beliefs or seeing the disconnect between two things that are true for you but don't logically make sense together. We don't like it when people aren't authentic or when they appear disingenuous, and we definitely don't like it when we ourselves feel like we're being disingenuous. So most of the time, we think and feel like our actions are aligned with our beliefs and values. But on occasion, we'll either notice or maybe someone has pointed out to us that there is a disconnect. For example, maybe you think of yourself as a really supportive boss, but then you hear from your team member that you're never available when they need you. That discomfort is a cognitive dissonance. Who you think you are isn't how others are perceiving you. This state of uncomfortableness means you need to solve for the disconnect. And you could do that in basically three ways. Option one, change your behavior to be more aligned with your belief. So in this example, become more available to your team members to show them the support that they need. Option two, 
Blame them for not seeing how supportive you are and downplay or invalidate their position, therefore continuing to believe that your actions are already aligned with what you believe about being supportive. Or option three, decide that you're not really a supportive manager and you are okay with that and let go of that belief. Now, as you might imagine, option one would be the ideal outcome, but it's also probably the hardest because it means admitting that you weren't showing up the way you wanted to and then doing something about it. Option two might be the most likely because we tend to get defensive when our identities are challenged. And option three, we don't know because sometimes changing your identity and beliefs is a very long, slow process. But for loosely held beliefs, for things that aren't really that important to us, we might more easily let them go. The point of all this is that when we experience cognitive dissonance, we want to resolve it. But the stronger the dissonance and the important the belief, the more it irks us. But if the way that we tend to deal with it is to discount others, we'll never grow. So being clear about who you are and what's important to you can give you a baseline to assess your own behaviors, to make sure that your walk matches your talk. And when you have a moment of defensiveness, pause and ask, what about this is so uncomfortable? Why does this irk me? Where is the disconnect and what might I do to bridge the gap? Go easy on yourself. Allow yourself to understand that what you intended may not be how it was interpreted. Consider how you might adjust your behavior or if you might change your belief. There are many, many, many more cognitive biases and cognitive functions that impact how we behave, think, make decisions, and more. To learn about these, check out the website verywellmind.com. It is a great resource and I have put a link to it in the show notes. The mini guide for today's episode includes an overview of one of these cognitive biases and is available at themodernmanager.co slash miniguides. To get the full guide, which includes each of these different cognitive biases, their descriptions, questions for reflections, and actions you can take to help overcome them, become a member of the Modern Manager community. Go to themodernmanager.co slash join. You will get this episode guide plus all the previous episode guides and guest bonuses. And don't forget, you also get that 20% off of the Modern Manager gear. And of course, everyone who's listening gets 10% off through August 1st. You can purchase all of that Modern Manager gear and this week's full episode guide at themodernmanager.co slash shop. All the links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with that free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do at that website. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.